0: desire of the Lord, and I will see his beauty for when the choir in his temple.
1: everybody. Amen. Give the Lord a round of applause. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. So good to be in the house of God one more time to praise and to worship our God. We're serving an awesome God who is worthy to be praised. Uh, welcome everyone this tonight to a Thursday night Bible study or online congregation. We welcome you tonight. Amen. We're in for a treat tonight and um, uh, make sure you get you paper and your notebooks out. Amen. You know, that whatever the Lord have in store for us, we'll be able to, uh, you know, make notes. It's always a good thing to make notes. Amen. Always good to look back on your notes that you make. So, you know, Pastor's is absent tonight. Uh, we're here to worship and praise God, and we welcome everyone that is in the house of God tonight. Amen. Uh, I feel, to be honest, church, I feel so energized, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about you, um, you know, since we, we are on this uh, stewardship campaign prior that we've been doing, and uh, 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 morning time, I, I, I get up and I, I make it my business, you know. The, the Bible said every man has to work their own salvation with fear and trembling before God. And um, that, that, that's one thing that I know that I when judgment day come. We have to give a come, Mama P, you know, to God for whatever our deeds are, whether it be good or uh, evil. So, but I'm, 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 honored to God that He give is the one that sustained me and give me strength. And I'm so glad that I'm able to do what I'm doing for the Lord. Um, I love the Lord with all my heart tonight, Amen. And I pray and do hope all of us have that same genuine love for the Lord with all your hearts and all your mind. So we're going to invite you all, if you could stand with us tonight as we get into a Bible study. We're going to pray and ask the Lord's will to be done in our service tonight. Ask Him to use the man of God that he's going to bring to us tonight. Amen. And that His will will be done in our service tonight. Amen. Let's just bow our heads as we pray. Father God, we love you. We adore you. We praise your name. We give you all the glory and all the honor. We thank you, Lord God, for this and that privilege that you have given unto us to be in your presence one more time. To worship you in the beauty of holiness. To worship you and give you praise, O oh God. You are truly worthy to be praised. Father God, as we gather together one more time in this fashion, we ask you to forgive us for every sins, all the sins that we have committed in your sight, knowingly and unknowingly, Lord God. We ask you to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and all filthiness. Purge us with isop. Wash us and help us to be whiter than snow. Create in us a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within us cast not thy present away from us and take not thy only spirit from us, O God. Father God, if there's ever a time we need you, we surely need you now. We ask you to touch our hearts, O God. Touch our minds, O God. We are praying, ask you, O God, that you'll touch every person that is in the sanctuary tonight. Those that are watching us there online tonight, Lord God, that you'll touch them, Lord God. Those that are weak in their body, we ask you to strengthen them. Those that are sick in their body, we ask you to heal them completely and that they will be whole. I pray, Lord God, that you'll continue to touch our pastor tonight and his family, Lord God. Touch our church family, Lord God. We ask you to bind us together with cords that can never be broken and that will have a desire to serve you like never before, Lord God. If there's ever a time we need you, we surely need you now. We ask you, Lord God, that you will help us to be ready that when the trumpet sound, we will be worthy to make heaven our home, worthy to make it in the rapture. We love you, Lord God. We praise you. And we thank you in advance for what you're doing tonight, Lord God. For the God, as we pray tonight for the man of God that will be coming, oh God, to oh God, teach, preach, whatever, Lord God, you want to use him to do tonight. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll be with him. Oh God, we ask you to touch his body, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that your anointing will be upon him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, to use him as your vessel, Lord God. We ask you to in our hearts and our minds tonight and that will oh God, hear from you tonight. Let your will be done tonight. It's not my will, but your will. Let your will be done in our Bible study tonight, Lord God. We give you all the glory and all the honor as we worship in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And can we just give the Lord another round of applause tonight? Oh, you're truly worthy to be praised tonight, Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Without any further ado, I don't, I don't want to take no more of the time. Uh, we, we have no, no stranger. We have a man of God with us. Amen. Uh, A young man that I've grown up, I use the term young man, (laughs) a young man that I've grown up to, to know, see, came and give his life to the Lord. And we're so honored, you know, to have um, Brother Hasker. We're so honored what God is doing in his life and his family's life. And uh, we pray that God will continue to sustain you, continue to bless you and continue to use you for his glory. Amen. Without any further ado, my friend, God bless you. Take your liberty. Come on, speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: Praise the Lord. Amen. We can do better than that. I know it's slim tonight, but God is here. Amen. 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 First, just before I start, um, you know, Brother Scarlett mentioned earlier, our pastor is away, um, getting uh, refilled. And so that's always a good thing. Um, We are definitely, our prayers are with him. Uh, We are looking forward to him to come back. uh, And and we get some of that Jesus juice that he is getting right now because of the times. Amen. All righty. So I promise that I won't be too long. Uh, Maybe... Thirty, forty-five minutes, and as always, if it goes over, bring, uh, blame Jesus. Alrighty, (laughs) (laughs) for trees. Alright, but um, while you're up, I'll actually just have you turn, um, open your Bibles with me, please, to the Book of John, the uh, twentieth chapter. While you're there, say Amen. Amen. All right. I'm um, starting at verses. Uh, we'll, we'll read from 19 to 28. So start at verse 19. It says on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks In his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the door were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Saints, tonight I want to speak to you on the topic, why church why church father in the name of jesus lord god we come to this one location tonight from different areas oh oh god within our region lord jesus we come here to worship you lord god we come here this evening oh father god to hear the word in which you have oh god breathed upon me lord jesus god use me as your oracle tonight take over my mind lord jesus you increase as I decrease. Let the word go forth and do what that which it was intended to do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And You may be seated. Why church? Why church? Why go to church? How many times have any of you heard the phrase, I am spiritual, but not religious? And typically what people mean by that is that they have some sense of an emotional connection, yet they don't want anything to do with the institution of religion i.e. go to church. That's what they call the institution of religion. And so while that thinking is unbiblical and fatally flawed, the thought that you can substitute the church for something else is rising in our culture today. While many have blamed it on COVID, and yes, COVID has as has um, some impact, I do think that there might be something else going on. There was a study done in 2015 by Christianity Today, and in this study, they asked Christians how important is going to church? And of the possible answers you could give was very important somewhat important and not important at all. 51% of church going Christians said going to church was somewhat important. 30% of Christians said it was very important. 19% of Christians said not important at all. This survey was done prior to COVID and it was done asking people who confessed to be followers of Jesus individuals who who actually went to church weekly and that tells us that you have people who are in the house of God that think going to church is optional that think going to church is something that they can do when they feel like it, when they have time. It is because of this, I believe that God has burdened me with this task this evening to talk to you on why church. But before we answer the question, why church or why go to church? We have to first establish what is church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 at verse 32, Paul says, do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 10 at verse 32. This text for me while it might seem simple but as our pastor talks about pretty often about not staying surface and going deeper into the word of God and you really understand what Paul is actually saying here. He is telling the the, the Corinthian church that yes, don't cause anyone to stumble. Paul doesn't want anyone to stumble. And what he does is, in in, in an attempt to include all of humanity, he he puts three categories. Israel, the people of God. The Greeks, symbolic for the unsaved. Then he said, the church of God. So for Paul, the church of God is an extension or a a category within humanity. In fact, Paul sees humans in this world, with the exception of Israel, as either outside of the church of God or inside the church of God. And as we build our foundation, it's important to note something. That the New Testament authors, when they're writing, there's a presupposition in their writing. They, they are assuming something. They are assuming that people like us know the Old Testament. Now, it's not to say that you need to know the Old Testament to get the message of salvation out of the New Testament. But if you're not familiar with the Old Testament you will miss some important parallels in your Bible studies. For example, in the Old Testament, the 12 tribes of Israel. In the New Testament, Jesus calls the 12. In the Old Testament, when Solomon builds his temple, the Bible says that he had created two bronze pillars to hold up the, the front part of the temple for structuring. In the New Testament, James, John, and Peter are called the pillars of the church. In the Old Testament, there's animal sacrifice to forgive sins. In the New Testament, Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice for all our sins. In the Old Testament, as apostolics, we know Deuteronomy 6.4, Herod, Israel, the Lord that God is one. In the New Testament... John ten thirty, Jesus says, I and my father are one. In the Old Testament, God resides in a, a structural building called the temple. In the New Testament, he resides in the temple of our body. Amen. So what's the point? The point that I'm going to make is that sometimes when you want to understand an origin of a thing you in the bible you want to track a shadow in the old testament you want to say okay are they pulling something from the old testament and it is with this thought that i want to go to matthew the 16th chapter at verse 18 and jesus speaking to peter says on this rock, I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll tell you now that at first glance, the issue that we have here is with the English word church. The English word church is translated from this Greek word that is um, called "ekklesia." ecclesia. This word, this Greek word is translated other places in the New Testament as assembly and or congregation. In total, this word is appearing in the New Testament over a little, maybe 108, arguably 114 times in the New Testament as church, as assembly, and as congregation. And sometimes, for anyone who knows Spanish or know any language, it's that when you're when you translate a word, sometimes you don't get its full meaning that doesn't come over into, into the receptive language. And so the question is if it's translated three different times then what does it mean? This word church simply means to gather. And we have proof of that in the Old Testament. In the seventh chapter of Acts, Stephen is giving a speech about the God of the Old Testament. And in verse 38, he says, Moses was in the assembly in the wilderness. Stephen is connecting the children of Israel being gathered together in the wilderness as being in the assembly, which we know is the same word used for church. To go further. For further proof, rather, in Judges 20 verse 2. It says, the leaders of all the people of the tribe of Israel took their places in the assembly of God's people. 400,000 men armed with swords. So once again, we have the same word assembly being used in this time. It is in reference to 400,000 men with swords. Amen. And again, I mean, there are literally many more examples, but we don't got time to go into all of them tonight. Uh, But the point is, is that once again, the New Testament authors are pulling from a concept in the Old Testament. And sort of reworking it, sort of say, in the New Testament. And so what is, how do you put in practice church in the New Testament? In short, we put all these verses together. Old Testament, New Testament. How do we work it? What is church? Simple definition would be this. Church in the New Testament is when the called out people of God gather together. And I'll say it again. Church and the New Testament is when the called out, separated unto God, people of God, gather together. And because you have to gather, it's obvious that it takes more than one person to gather. And I think the time that we're living in. COVID has definitely um, has some pros and cons. Pros, because it has allowed churches to broaden their gathering capacity. The con is that while a pastor, our pastor, all pastors really, they have two, two things that they focus on. One, how do you build out a vibrant virtual community while at the same time Encouraging people to not forsake the physical gathering of the local congregation if they can help it. Now, for a lot of us who aren't pastors, we may not be as burdened with that. But the truth is, we should be burdened by it because our pastors are burdened by it. Amen. Amen. That, that, that we should be burdened on trying to fix and solve and brainstorm because our pastor is burdened in trying to fix, solve, and brainstorm. How do you do two? For the first time, really, in church history, where pastors have to literally figure out how do you do two excellent, out of nowhere, once-in-a-lifetime COVID pandemic. Amen. Today, we have the privilege of being in nice buildings, big buildings, firehouse. Some of you are saying, well, firehouse, oh, is that nice? Well, I'll tell you this. I did a missionary trip in Pakistan. I did a missionary trip in India. I can tell you, this is a nice building. Okay? This is a nice building. We are blessed. Because other places they're having churches sitting on dirt rocks and wearing chairs in the firehouse. What you say? In the heat. In oh in the heat. See they're actually having church outside. I had church outside when I was there and yeah, yeah, that's another conversation for another time.
0: <laughs>
2: Furthermore, the writers in the Bible, when they had church, when they gathered, they didn't gather in buildings. Came later, they actually gathered in houses. It was house church. And so when you read in the New Testament, when it's referring to a particular church or whenever a reference church, it's always referring to one local house church or all the house churches in the city. Or all the house churches in the in the world, in that area which would be like the Roman Empire. That's it. There's only three every any whenever you see the word church it's one of the three that it is referring to. And I remember some well maybe a few weeks ago actually, I was speaking with my cousin who she used to be in church and I said, Hey, gus, you need to go back to church. And she said she said well, I don't have to be the I don't have to go to church cuz I am the church. That's what she said. She did the snap. She I, I yeah, she snapped. She hit me with the with the gone girl. That's what she did. And I said, so you are the church. She said, "Yeah, the church go with me everywhere I go." Such is wrong. And this is the reason why we're here today to really impact that. Understanding why church, I think, is the most important question that you can really ask and get answered. Understanding why church is so important because when you are going to church that is that has humans and we know that church humans can be very messy We know that church people can be all these other things, right? We need to know why church when those things happen. When the pastor isn't preaching what we want him to preach, we need to know why church. When we're not allowed in a particular ministry, we need to know why church. When the praise and worship singing isn't singing the song of our choice, we need to know why church. Why church? When I got in church, I got baptized, waited for the Holy Ghost, got the Holy Ghost, and all that good stuff, saved, sanctified. But then I got to the place of okay, this, this is it. Like why am I why am I going? I thought maybe I'm going because I'm supposed to bring people to church, and it was working. Until the days I didn't bring people to church. And then I thought, well, maybe, you know, I'm going to church because God wants me to hang out with my newfound Christian friends. But then we started hanging out outside of church. And then I thought, why church? And then it hit me. If you don't know why you go to church, you'll have to continue to make excuses and reasons to stay in church. And I'll say it again. If you don't know why you go to church, you'll continue to make excuses and reasons to stay in church. In our text, or rather leading up to our text, Jesus had already gone to the cross on Friday. He already bore the sins of the world. He cried out on the cross, it is finished. In verse 19 of our text, it says that it was the evening of the first day of the week, which is Sunday. Now I'm going to take a little turn up uh, so, if you think about it, we say Jesus died, and, and, and this is actually what someone told me today, actually, so I'm just going to bring it up. Uh, so, we say if Jesus died on Friday, then he rose three days later. So, then people say that, well, then Monday is resurrection, not Sunday. Was someone told me as I was coming here on the phone. And that's that's incorrect. And the reason why it's incorrect is because... The Bible's calendar, it's not our calendar. Today, if we were to count from Friday to Monday, the first day we would count the next day. So day one from Friday, day one would be Saturday. The Jewish calendar dealt, dealt with an exclusive calendar, meaning they did the opposite because of how the hours broke down. And so Friday is actually day one. Saturday is day two, and Sunday is day three. So Good Friday, and he rose on the third day, which is Sunday. So they are gathered on the first day of the week. And this isn't unintentional. Jesus had already told them before he died. This is going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you like Jesus said. Okay, he, he said, look, bro, they about to take me out of here. I'm going to holler at y'all in three days. Go meet me in Galilee, and we're going to kick it. That's what he said. Right, Nicola? All right. That's right. That's right. Don't tell pastor that. <laughs> And so he already knows that they are supposed to be there because that's what he told them. That I, I will be resurrected and meet me in Galilee. So they come to get, they, 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 they go to Galilee and something is happening there. Something is happening there. Because they they they're gathering. Jesus has been resurrected, and then now, now they gather. And, and and what is happening there is actually missed most of the time by the average Bible reader. See, when we go when we talk about church and the creation of church, we actually go to the book of Acts. But they're actually gathering. For Resurrection Sunday. Right there. So they're pulling a concept of gathering. That Jesus knew about. From the Old Testament. Until the New Testament. And so when the author in Hebrews. Said to forsake not the assembly. He's actually. Referring to. Concept in the Old Testament. That was reaffirmed. By Jesus here. Oh, oh, I love you man. That was reaffirmed by Jesus and practiced by the disciples. So the first commandment to gather happened before the cross and the first practice of the commandment. After the cross. So reason one, why we gather. Simple. Jesus told us to. Sometimes you want to be so deep. Jesus told us to. For the New Testament Christian, while we do uh, uh, have our Easter Sundays, our Easter service, technically every Sunday is Easter Sunday. Every Sunday testifies to the resurrection. Of Jesus. Amen. So this Sunday, what are we doing? Easter. <laughs> Easter Sunday. And the reality is, is that it's actually easy to forget that. Because in, our, in today's world, we have so many different gimmicks and tricks. Pastors do different gimmicks and tricks over the pulpit that we forget about what does gospel preaching actually look like? What does gospel preaching actually mean? And to be transparent, coming here actually further allowed me to, to even more so appreciate the preaching ministry here at CCC. Because if you really pay attention to our, and I'm assuming you guys do, um, to our pastor's service uh, messages on Sundays, and every message, Rather indirectly or directly, he pulled out a couple of things. One, sometimes if you're feeling good, do all three. The oneness of God, something about the cross, and an invitation. It's gospel preaching. And I'm telling you, if you're feeling good, you'll get all three. Amen. so we gather as the church because we are called to gather we gather as the church because it is the foundational reason as it's not really we don't really need another reason to be honest at least I don't I know about you guys we don't need another reason but I'm going to go through some more reasons not all the reasons but just some And just think about i don't know if you know people like this, but sometimes one of the first signs that someone is is going through a spiritual decay first thing you see their attendance in the gathering start to decrease read something there was a guy by the name of Cedric. Cedric attended a Baptist church and went to attend NYU to study religion. He was a young preacher, a father, devoted follower of Jesus. Cedric was known all around his neighborhood as being the preacher boy. Dr. Glearfield, Cedric's professor of history, And assistant pastor at the local church that Cedric attended said he, Cedric, was one of the brightest minds he has ever seen in a lifetime. He said Cedric's ability to memorize large chunks of information and then summarize it was remarkable. He likened him to a modern day C.S. Lewis. Cedric Because he had a love for history and history of the Bible, he took all three of Dr. Glearfield's history classes. Cedric eventually became a TA for Dr. Glearfield, working three days a week. One semester, Cedric started to miss class, but continued to go to work. Eventually, Cedric would stop attending church. While at work, Dr. Glearfield asked him, What's going on? How are you? You really do need to come back to the house of God. Cedric replied, I have a lot going on and just need a break. Glearfield said, Can you take a break? on the pew he said no unfortunately I need a mental break Clearfield said okay two weeks later Cedric was arrested for drunk driving cocaine possession and last revealed he had cocaine in his system Dr. Clearfield went to visit him but Cedric would not come to the visit the next day Cedric's parents called Dr. Glearfield and told him that Cedric took his own life. At the funeral, Glearfield spoke, and in the end of, at the end of the speech, he said, "I knew Cedric was hurting. I tried. I've really tried to get him to back into church." but he completely locked me out. If only I knew how to break break through and at least get him in the house, maybe he'd still be here. Cedric died without anyone knowing the reason why. Without anyone being able to lend a helping hand. But see, Cedric's professor knew something that Cedric didn't. In our text, it says that disciples were gathered in a room, and while they were gathered in the room, the door was locked, and Jesus came in. They were gathered in a room, the door was locked, and Jesus came in. See, the professor knew that Jesus can walk through Locked doors. The professor knew that if Jesus could walk through a physical locked door, then Jesus could walk through an emotional locked door, a suicidal locked door, a depressed locked door. The professor knew that if I could only get him in the house of God, Jesus will bust through the locked doors. How many times have we seen or even felt, God, I don't feel like going this evening. It's been a long day. My job beating up on me. My kids getting on my nerves. My body hurting. If you can just get to the house of God, Jesus burst through locked doors. And here's the reality. He doesn't knock. He doesn't ask. Jesus just went through. Reason two, we gather because God has declared the gathering place to be another place that he will dwell. Now, this is not to say that God is not with us as an individual because he is. But God has declared that he inhabits the praise of the collective body of the saints. That when you're by yourself and can't lift yourself up, God says, I am working in a unique way over there. Get out of your house, drive and go over there because I am inhabiting praises of these people. And so when you can't do it, the praise of the sister next to you will do it. When you can't do it, the praise of the brother behind you, that will do it. This is why we gather. In verses 19 to 20, Jesus says, peace be with you. And he showed them, his disciples, his hand inside. Now, let's remember that Jesus was brutally beaten. Skin tore up his back. Public humiliation. Unimaginable pain. And when you read that text, and I thought this, and I know a lot of people think this, that Jesus is showing them his hands and his side. He's showing that people think that Jesus was showing them what the Romans did to him. But Jesus wasn't showing them what the Romans did to him. Jesus was showing them what he did for them. Reason three, we gather because gathering reminds us what God did for us. Everything about the working of the church, testimonies, the preaching, the praise and worship, everything testify to the victory that took place On the cross. Verse 21. Jesus said. As the father has sent me. I am sending you. As the father has sent me. I am sending you. This is a commissioning ceremony. When he says that the father has sent me, remember, he's talking to disciples that were with him. Prior, they were with him prior to the crucifixion. Jesus is reminding them that 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 thing that you saw me do with those people. And and how I healed them and, and how I went from place to place. That mission that that that, that 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 God has has put me on, I'm giving it to you. The full mission, life and death, I'm giving it to you. I'm commissioning you. Reason four, we gather because we become inspired to do the work of God. Even for people who have definitively, you ask them a day, I know for a fact, I the Lord has called me. They know what they are called to do. Take them out the house of God for months at a time and then ask them what they're called to do. Because the reality of the situation is that the further you're from the house of God, that thing that you feel that like God, that, that is inside of you, where God is calling you to do something, it gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. To where you, it goes from, I know what I'm called to do, to, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm praying, saints, saying, I'm praying. But, well, oh, but what happened? I thought God spoke to you. You know, I, I, so, I went to a Christian university, and I, I, um, I met a lot of friends, people that were studying to be pastors and Bible scholars and missionaries and all and everything. Freshman year, everybody just all in love with Jesus. But they thought because they went to a Christian university, they didn't have to get connected to a local church. Freshman year, they were called. Senior year, they weren't even saved. So I've seen it happen. (laughs) so I've seen it happen and this is the danger one of the dangers of being away from the gathering in verse 24 we're introduced to a brother I go by the name of Brother T Thomas and he (laughs) And he is one of the 12 disciples. He loves the Lord. But unlike Peter and James, Thomas is actually rarely mentioned. In fact, with the exception of John, the only time Thomas is mentioned is when he appears in a list with all the other disciples. So I ask myself, why is it that John is the only writer, the only gospel that actually you know, speak about Thomas? If you want to know anything about Thomas, it's not much, but you can read the book of John. And I thought of a bunch of possibilities because the Bible doesn't say. I thought maybe the other disciples just did not think that what he did was worthy of, of writing. But I think that John believed that Thomas may be more like us than we think. It says that Thomas was not at the gathering. So Jesus showed up on a Sunday, making sure all his leaders are there. And Thomas is absent. Now, the Bible doesn't say why. Maybe he had work, maybe he had family issues going on, something, <laughs> but it says that the disciples saw him and told him that they saw Jesus. I'm gonna say it again so y'all didn't catch this. He missed service, okay, The disciples who were in service. Went to him and told him that you missed Jesus. Reason five, why did we go to church? Accountability. They saw that he wasn't in service. And they said, oh, I got to go call my brother. I'm not going to just ask him. And here's the thing. They didn't ask him why he wasn't there. They just said Jesus was there. Because it don't matter why you're there. I just want you to know Jesus was there. That's it. And too often, we want to know who, what, when, why, how, you wasn't. Brother, sister, we had a move of God. That's it. That's the testimony right there. Jesus was in the service. Yeah. Accountability on both ends. On both ends. It is, it is going, gathering helps us want to be accountable to, to help me to be accountable to someone else, but also teaches me to be accountable. Because how, When's the last time you called someone who wasn't there? When's the last time you answered the phone call from someone who called you after you missed the service? And so we are go to we go to gatherings because we need this accountability. Also, verse 24 it says Thomas says that unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. This text is why Christians today call Thomas doubting Thomas. Isn't it interesting that Christians call Thomas something Jesus never did? You can't find it. He does not call you, he does not call him a doubter. He says you doubt. But being but doubting and being a doubter is two different things. And the reality is that Thomas didn't doubt the resurrection report. What he doubted was the reporter. He believed God. He loved God. He just didn't Believe what the disciples told them. Reason six, we gather in church. We come to safely inquire about our faith. We often interpret questions as challenges or a lack of faith. But in reality, the best place to question your faith is in the house of God. We have young people. Going off to college and losing their faith less left, left and right it's because they are inquiring their about their faith in the wrong place they're inquiring about their faith with people who are hostile to their faith and I'm almost closing so if we go down to verse twenty six to seven and 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 it details that. A week later, so remember our numbers, right? So a week later, that would be next Sunday, right? They were gathered in the house again. Jesus appears, and Jesus told Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hand. Put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. see Thomas he missed the first service he came to the second service Jesus appears in both service okay and one them just probably even go go further it tells you that Jesus should be in every service right and so so Thomas appears at the next service and and he sees Jesus sees Thomas and he calls him over. He said, I got you, bro. You said you want to see me. You know, touch me up. Verse 8. We gather to see healed bodies. Jesus knew that Thomas did not have doubt in him. But rather, Thomas doubted a report of a healed body. You love Jesus. He's done a lot of things for you. He's delivered you over and over and over again. And for some reason, it never gets easy to believe every report. Jesus delivers you multiple times. But you still find a way to doubt. He did it last week, but maybe he can't do it today. Maybe he's sick. Maybe he's, he's on vacation. For some some reason, we continue to find ourselves in places where okay, I don't know. Maybe Jesus, maybe not this time. But if He don't, I, I still love Him though. Now that's what we see. We say that when we have lack of faith sometimes. If He don't, I no, He will. He will. And just like the other example. The more you are away from the gathering and not hearing testimonies of healed bodies, of seeing people get healed from all kinds of things, the less likely you are to believe it for yourself. Jesus showed him his side and his hand because he knew that the, that the lack of faith was not in him, but in his hand. Amen. I'm closing. Can we stand? So After Thomas touched Jesus, he said, My Lord... And my God. His faith was immediately strengthened. Family, simply put, we gather because it strengthens our faith. We gather because the Bible says that well, that that two is better than one. That if 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 one fall, the other will be there to to lift him up. And contrary to what other churches in the secular world want you to think, that we gather because in the New Testament, there is no such thing as an unchurched Christian. It's not a thing. We're not perfect. We fuss. We say things we don't mean. We get on each other's nerves. But we're called to do this together we're called to grow together paul says that the church of god is another category in humanity paul says the church of god is different than everyone else father in the name of jesus i thank you for this assignment lord god Hope that it was pleasing and refreshing in your eyes, Lord Jesus. God, I pray, Lord God, that you may let this word marinate on the hearts and the minds of your people, Lord God. God, we know and understand, Lord, that we don't understand everything, God, but but we are saying yes to your word this evening, Lord Jesus. God, sometimes we don't want to gather, Lord Jesus. Sometimes we don't understand why we have to come, Lord God. Sometimes, Lord God, gathering with the saints of God can be overwhelming and overbearing, Lord Jesus. But, God, we know and understand, Lord Jesus, that you have called us to do such a time. For such a time, Lord Jesus, you have called us, Lord God, to be a part of your body, Lord God, is to gather,
3: Lord Jesus. Help us to understand, Lord God, that that even now lord god in these trying times lord that we not forsake the assembly lord jesus rather physical or virtual lord jesus let this be a time that your church lord god this local congregation lord that the the universal church lord god let it be a time lord jesus that that church growth happens lord jesus left and right lord god god stir up the gifts inside of us lord jesus god we gather lord god to see healed hands lord jesus we gather, Lord God, to be, to be reminded of your testimony, Lord Jesus, of that which had taken place on the cross, Lord God. Lord, we gather, oh Father God, because we need to see you, Lord God. We gather, oh Father God, because we need to see our brothers, Lord Jesus. God, help us, Lord God. When we're weary, Lord Jesus, pick us up, Lord Jesus. When we don't feel like doing it, oh Father God, God, help us get to the house of God. Get to the house of God. Jesus, Oh, a few more seconds if I can just have everyone in here. Just, just call on the name of Jesus. Oh, just a few more seconds. We can go home. Just a few more seconds. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, you've died for your church, Lord Jesus. Oh, we come against any attack of the enemy, Lord Jesus. We come against the attack of the enemy, Lord God. Let your church rise, Lord God. Let your church rise, Lord God. From the east to the west, let your church rise, God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, there's victory in your name, Lord God. You're coming back for a church, Lord Jesus. Without spots and limits, oh God. Let us be there, Lord God. Let us be there, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh God, we gather in your name, God. We thank you, oh God, for calling us to be the people of your name, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh bless you, oh God. I oh, bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You alone are worthy. I'm gonna sing this out as a prayer tonight. Come
0: awaken your people. Come awaken your saints.